0: Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, we'll take a look at Daniel Jeremiah's top 50 prospects. Not all, but a few guys that stood out to me. Also, we'll talk about who DJ had mocked to the Raiders in his mock draft 2.0. Plus, my guy Peter Bukowski from Locked On Packers has responded to the trade proposals thrown out there by Paul and Luke in the ATL. So we'll talk about that and close things out with your calls and texts. That's all coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for Wednesday, February 23rd, 2022.
1: Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, just win. your team just every win. day.
2: Just win. The autumn wind as a raider pillaging just for fun.
0: What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find it free and available on all platforms. And as you heard in the topener, got a lot to get to on today's show, including what Daniel Jeremiah has cooking. And it's always a good time of year when you know Daniel Jeremiah starts putting out his top 50 lists. Plus, he's talking about the draft picks and the combines right around the corner, so he's going to do a pre-combine conference call. Matter of fact, that's coming up on Friday, uh, so excited, looking forward to that, so we'll have that coming up on Monday show next week. We'll have some of the sound bites from that pre-combine conference call from Daniel Jeremiah, but he put out a top 50 list, and he also has put out Mock Draft 2.0, and we know by the time the April 28th draft gets started, he'll probably be on Mock Draft 10.0, for all I know. There'll be plenty of them in between now and then, so This is just the beginning, but wanted to go over what he had right now currently for the Raiders at pick number 22 and then talk about a couple of his uh, top 50 prospects that he has on the list. Let's go ahead and jump. Right into it. Now, before I go to Mock Draft 2.0, I might as well hit you with Mock Draft 1.0. So, on January 21st, Daniel Jeremiah put out uh, Mock Draft 1.0, and he had the Raiders taking Chris Alave, the wide receiver from Ohio State, at number 22 overall. Again, that was January 21st. Mock Draft 2.0 came out on Tuesday, February 22nd. He has the Raiders taking Charles Cross, Mississippi State offensive tackle, the redshirt sophomore. He said Cross would start at right tackle from day one and address an area of need for new head coach Josh McDaniels. Now, I talked about his top 50 prospect list. On that list, he has Charles Cross sitting there at number 29. And what he has to say about Cross is, Cross is a left tackle prospect with ideal size, length, and balance for the position. In pass protection, he has average foot quickness and knee bend, but he always stays attached to blocks. He absorbs power rushers after hopping back a few steps. Cross is very aware versus twists and stunts, and he has enough athleticism to slide and redirect to cover up counter moves. In the run game, he doesn't roll his hips at the point of attack, but stays on his feet and flashes upper torque to turn and dump defenders. He takes outstanding angles, working up to the second level. Overall, Cross doesn't have elite agility or power, but he gets the job done he should emerge as a quality starter early in his career and that's who he has mocked it number 22 right now for the Raiders Charles Cross offensive tackle out of Mississippi State so as I was going through the list of course there was a few other guys that stood out to me that I wanted to go over real quickly uh number five my guy Ahmad Sauce Gardner a Cincinnati cornerback the junior said Gardner is a tall long cornerback with elite movement skills and toughness in press coverage he uses his length to successfully reroute wideouts He has abnormal fluidity for such a huge cornerback at 6'3", 200 pounds. Then he says, overall, Gardner has a unique skill set for his size, and I see similarities of four-time Pro Bowler Antonio Cromartie coming out of Florida State. So that was number five, Sauce Gardner. That's my guy. I don't think the Raiders have any chance to get him unless they make a massive trade-up. Again, I've been seeing him mocked anywhere from about number nine overall to 15 uh, in most people's mock drafts. That's Sauce Gardner. Next up, another guy who I do see getting mocked to the Raiders uh, multiple times is Jordan Davis, the big defensive tackle from Georgia. He's a senior. Uh, He's number 16 on on Daniel Jeremiah's top 50 list. He says, Davis is an enormous defensive tackle prospect with surprising quickness and athleticism. As a pass rusher, he's primarily a pocket-collapse player rather than a polished technician. He's able to bend, latch on, and walk opposing linemen right back to the quarterback. Flashes quick hands, and I believe he has upside develop into more of a threat. He is at his best versus the run. He is immovable inside, locks out blocks, and eliminates space for runners. He has outstanding block recognition, handles double teams, and possesses surprising range. He makes plays down the field, which is incredible to see at his size. Not every team will value his skill set, but I think he can be a dominant force in the right scheme. That's Jordan Davis. He's been mocked to the Raiders multiple times, the defensive tackle out of Georgia, and he's number 16 on Daniel Jeremiah's top 50 list. Continuing down the list, a guy that a lot a lot of Raider Nation is actually excited about, and multiple times that I've had draft guys on my radio show on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920, multiple people text in about that's Trevor Penning, the offensive tackle out of Northern Iowa. He is a redshirt senior. Daniel Jeremiah has him sitting there at number 25 on his top 50 list. He says, Penning has ideal size and length for the position. In pass protection, he has average quickness and knee bend, but uses his length to keep defenders away from his chest. That length also allows time for his feet to catch up against edge speed. He's not always square, but he's able to run defenders around the pocket. Gives a little ground versus power before settling down. Excellent awareness versus his twists and stunts. In the run game, Penning has the power to watch defenders down the line of scrimmage. He takes good angles to the second level, but is a little clunky in space. His effort to finish is outstanding in both the run and the pass game. Overall, Penning isn't an elite bender, but his combination of length, strength, and awareness is very intriguing. Trevor Penning, offensive tackle out of Northern Iowa. He's number 25 on Daniel Jeremiah's top 50 prospect list. And, of course, a lot of folks are looking for a solution at that right tackle position. So, a lot of Raider Nation is sliding Penning in there at number 20. And two overall and saying, hey, you go ahead and solidify that offensive line and sounds like it wouldn't be a bad option there at number 22 if the Raiders do stay there. Keeping this thing rolling, uh, Chris Alave, he comes in next. He's actually number 26 on Daniel Jeremiah's top 50 list and he was the guy that he slid into uh, the Raiders mock draft 1.0 or his mock draft 1.0 for the Raiders and he says quickly about Alave, he has average height and a lean, wiry frame for his position. He's a very smooth mover and has terrific speed against press coverage. He relies on his foot quickness to win, But he does get caught and rerouted on occasion. Overall, Olave needs to get stronger, but he's a home run hitter with outstanding route polish. So you can understand why some folks would like him in the Raiders' offense because some say that's all they need is a big-time home run hitter. And I do believe that they do. So if you're not going to get the number one wide receiver, and there's multiple wide receivers in this draft, and if you're not going to go get a guy in free agency, Chris Olave may be a guy that you want to take a look at. Again, if you want to add a home run hitter to that Raiders' offense, you think about Waller, you think about Renfro, you think about the other weapons that they have, like a Brian Edwards, you know, a Zay Jones that they re-sign him, and then boom, you all of a sudden have what Henry Ruggs was, which was a, a home run hitter. So maybe uh, Chris Olave could be that guy. He was mocked to the Raiders at number 22 overall in mock draft 1.0, but not in 2.0, but I could see him fitting in with the Raiders offense. He has him at number 26 overall on his top 50 prospects list. And one more guy from the top 50 list. How about number 30? Jamison Williams, Alabama wide receiver. He's a junior. He says Williams is a tall, lean, and explosive wideout. Everything he does on the field is sudden and fast. He explodes off the line in his release. Just when you think he's reached his top speed, he taps into a gear that very few possess. He turns quick hitters into long touchdowns and climbs on top of coverage in every game viewed. He is at his best on runaway routes, but flashes the ability to efficiently get in and out of breaks. His hands are inconsistent, though. He lets too many balls get into his body, and that results in drops. After the catch, Williams destroys pursuit angles with his speed. His production as a gunner on the punt team speaks to his competitiveness. He suffered a torn ACL in the college football playoff national championship game, but once healthy, Williams could emerge as one of the premier deep threats in the NFL. He has him ranked at number 30 out of his top 50 prospect list. And Jameson Williams is a guy that intrigues me but I wouldn't want him any earlier than like a late second round pick, maybe even a third round pick because of those issues that he talked about. let too many balls get into his body, so he catches the ball with his body which results in drops. I don't like that. And of course, he's coming off the torn ACL that he suffered in the college football playoff national championship game, so he's not going to be healthy immediately. You're going to have to wait for him to get healthy and who knows when that's going to be. Uh, I know people are coming back from ACLs a lot quicker than they used to back in the day, but still you don't really want to draft a guy. At least I don't want to draft a guy that I know is already already banged up and injured, so uh, that would make me want to push back to at least the late second round, maybe even the third round for a Jamison Williams, but uh, he does have him at number 30 overall in his top 50 prospect list, so we'll obviously get into more stuff with Daniel Jeremiah. Again, like I mentioned, Friday, February 25th, he'll have his annual pre-combine conference call, and then after that, he'll have another conference call a few weeks after that, and he'll have I think maybe two more calls leading up to the draft. So there'll be plenty of Daniel Jeremiah conversation that you'll hear here on the show. There'll be other draft analysts that will have their combine calls and their uh, draft calls that you'll have here on the show. So we'll be full throttle. I think right after the free agency uh, happens, then there'll be some more of those. So we'll have them all here on the show as well. So that's what I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Kind of news and notes of the day. It's not really news and notes, just kind of going over Daniel Jeremiah's latest stuff that he has in anticipation for the scouting combine coming. Coming up next week. Coming up in segment number two, Paul and Luke in the ATL, they got a trade proposal for Peter Bukowski, host of Locked On Packers, has to do with Devontae Adams and also Aaron Rodgers and they threw that trade out to him, his proposal, they threw that out to him. Peter Bukowski responds, so you'll hear that coming up in segment number two, plus we'll talk about the response and maybe a counter proposal if necessary. All that's coming up in segment number two after I tell you about betonline.net and we know that football season's over as long as the action on the field is over, but of course of course, the off-season storylines never end. Basketball, if you're talking about the games, they're in full effect right now. Full steam ahead, both pro and college hoops. They got all your latest odds, totals, player performance props, where you can even find the next fired head coach where they're going to land. BetOnline.net is your number one spot for all your sports betting need. They remain your best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news all season long. But it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC. They've got you covered. If it's a sport... They've got it. Go to the website today on your mobile device or your laptop to learn about the trends and the action. BetOnline.net, that's where the game starts.
1: Your Locked On Raiders,
0: your daily podcast
1: on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Alright Raider Nation here we go segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast continuing with our trade proposal talk and this all started with Peter Bukowski from Locked On Packers he hit me up on Sunday and gave me a couple proposals that he wanted me to respond to that had to do with Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, Trayvon Merrick and I gave my responses and then I brought it to the podcast and we had some people respond to it as well including Paul and Luke in the ATL who I thought had a really good response to Peter so I hit Peter with it and he responded so you'll hear that but let's go ahead for those that are just tuning in may not have heard Monday or Tuesday's show and are just tuning in today let me hit you with the trade proposals from Peter Bukowski he hit me up with this on Sunday and this came out of nowhere I had no idea he was going to do this but it turned out to be a really good idea because we've had some good conversations about it and it really kind of got the the wheels in my head start turning about what the Raiders could do to make these trades so the first one was a 2022 first-round pick from the Raiders plus Trayvon Merrick for Devonte Adams on a tag and trade, so the Raiders would have to pay him. So obviously that's number 22 overall plus second-year guy Trayvon Merrick, who was a second-round pick just a year ago from the Silver and Black. Then the other trade proposal he had was Derek Carr, a 2022 and a 2023 first-round pick for Aaron Rodgers, straight up, and so. For the first one, I said I didn't want to do a first-round pick plus Trayvon Merrick. I was more comfortable with the number two in Trayvon Merrick. But I'll tell you, the more that I think about it, I don't think it's that bad of a deal. <laughs> I really don't, especially if they franchise tag him, which I do believe they're going to do. And by the letter of the law, a, just a standard franchise tag, if a team was to trade for a guy like that, that would be two first round picks. So if you give up Trayvon Merrick and a one, that would be okay. I, I think I'd actually be okay with that. So I kind of take back my no, we're not going to do that kind of a move type feeling if I was acting as the Raiders GM Dave Ziegler. So uh, that's actually one that I've actually kind of convinced myself to go ahead and take. As far as Derek Carr, a 2022 first and a 2023 three first I still say no for that for Aaron Rodgers I I would if I'm going to give up draft picks I'd give up the two first for Rodgers but I would keep Derek Carr so I could flip him to another team in order to go ahead and recoup some of that draft capital no matter what that would be some people think that's two ones I don't think you get two first round picks but multiple people believe that you would so who knows maybe you would but after all that Paul and Luke and the ATL they hit me with a trade proposal to throw back at Peter Bukowski and said Derek Carr to the Commanders. Or the Washington football team for a first round pick that we hope to take Sauce Gardner with. And then 2022 and 2023 first and second round picks and Trayvon Merrick to the Packers for Rodgers and Adams. This is basically a second and Merrick for Adams and two firsts and a second for Rodgers. So that was a nice counter proposal that I thought was a good counter proposal. So I sent it to Peter Bukowski and this was his response
2: Hey, this is Peter with Locked On Packers and turnabout is fair play. I asked Q to help me out with some trade proposals that I was working on, and so now he's got a trade for me. He wants to know, well, Paul and Luke want to know, 2022 first, 2023 first, and second round picks plus Trayvon Merrig to the Packers for Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Essentially, this is Trey Merrig in a second for Devontae, and two firsts and a second for Rodgers. Um, and I, I understand this is a an opening bid, but I have to respectfully decline this one. We are starting at a first-round pick for Devontae Adams. I understand you have to pay him. Amari Cooper went for a first. Odell Beckham went for a first and a third. Devontae Adams is the best receiver in football. It starts with a first-round pick. I get it. Trey Merrick is a really good player and a, a potentially ascending player. And Q knows that... I want him because I already proposed that the Packers get him in in that trade. But I don't think, I just don't think that's enough in that scenario. But as Q said, when we did this, uh, that would be enough to get me to the negotiating table at the very least. So something, certainly something to think about there. Maybe maybe a first round pick swap. Maybe that could be appealing plus a pick. I don't know. I, I need to move up in the first for sure. Uh, on that one, and then the Aaron Rodgers part, and I know this is a a combined deal, but I'm just taking these piece by piece. It's just not enough. It's just not enough. And Aaron Rappaport reported that uh, you know three first round picks and a young player or two is is where the Packers are looking. Now, whether or not they can actually get that, of course, is. Uh, another question entirely, but that would be where I would want to go. That's That would be where I would look and say, okay, my, my proposal starts with three firsts and a player. You want Aaron Rodgers? It's three firsts and a player. And I, I, two firsts in a second is just not going to do it for me. Um, now, you want to go three firsts in a second rather than, than three firsts and a player? Cool. Uh, to me, this is just not enough draft capital to get these two players, but... It would be enough to get me to the table to start negotiating. And, and there is a deal to be had here because I covet Trey Merrick. I thought he was a top 20 kind of of talent in in last year's draft. He fell to the second round. I think if the Packers could have found a way to get both Merrick and Eric Stokes, who they did draft, they, they would have done that. So I think this would be an appealing deal for Green Bay. It's just not quite enough draft capital for me to want to pull the trigger here.
0: So there was a very detailed response right there from Peter Bukowski, host of Locked On Packers. Does a fantastic job with that show each and every day. Always like talking with Peter. And so uh, definitely appreciate his efforts, you know. And, you know, the more I listen to him and what he's talking about it would take for Rodgers, the more I feel like, okay, how about you just focus on Devontae Adams? How about Raider Nation, you just focus on Adams? How about Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler just focus on him? And I'll say this. I I thought that there was – and I kind of felt like there's different options that the Raiders can go with wide receiver as far as free agency goes – But, I mean, you want to get that big fish. You want to get that difference maker. The dude that can really kind of strike fear in the opposing defenses – you go and find a way to get Devonte Adams again. I think that they're going to franchise tag him. So by the letter of the law, that's two first round picks, and then you got to negotiate obviously a contract extension. I mean, he's going to be owed if they hit him with the franchise tag and he signs it. That's guaranteed twenty million dollars right there for one year. So you've got to figure out what you're going to do with the contract extension. If that's the case that you're gonna, if that's a scenario that you're gonna put out there, and also you got to figure out the compensation for Green Bay. So if you can get away with a one and Trayvon Merrick, which is close. Most of the two ones, because Trayvon Merrick was a guy that I expected to be a first-round pick and he turned into an early second-round pick, then I think that the Raiders get away with an escape. I think that that's a big move for them, and that makes their offense dynamic. I know there's other guys you can get to fill a void, but they're not Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, like Peter Bukowski said, is arguably the best wide receiver in the league i know you can make a case for deandre hopkins there's a couple other guys that you could put up there in that in that spot but i think devontae adams is that dude he already has a chemistry with Derek carr and honestly i know that we say this every year but there would be and should be absolutely no excuses If you give Derek Carr a weapon like that, they've got to be, and when I say they, I'm talking about the Raiders, they've got to be able to make a deeper run than they did even this year in the playoffs, getting to the super wild card round. They've got to get to the divisional round. I mean, I just straight up, and that's just my gut feeling if you get Devontae Adams. I think he's that much of a difference maker and opens it up for everybody else. Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, you know, Zay Jones, all these guys, Josh Jacobs, I mean, that makes the running lanes even better because you can't load the box. I mean, there's so many things to like. It's similar to what John Gruden tried to do with Antonio Brown. He is a difference maker. Devontae Adams is a difference maker. There's not a lot of difference makers out there. There's a lot of really good wide receivers out there. Not a lot of difference difference makers. There's not a lot of difference makers like Devontae Adams. So I'd be good with that. As far as the Washington football team, because part of Paul and Luke in the ATL's response was, well, Derek Carr to the commanders for a first round pick that they would take Sauce Gardner with. Of course, I like that because I'm a big Sauce Gardner fan. Would love to see him lined up in the silver and black. So I did shoot... The guys that cover the Washington football team for Locked On, I did shoot them a text and uh, ask for their response, and I think I'll get it for tomorrow's show, but I did get a quick text response saying that, if I'm understanding this right, we're talking straight up the number 11 pick to Vegas for Derek Carr, yes, I believe Washington would do that and view it as a steal. That's from the host of Locked On Washington football team, but we'll actually hear their explanation, their breakdown coming up on tomorrow's show. So good stuff right there from both Peter Bukowski and the Washington football team. And thank you, Paul and Luke and the ATL for your trade proposals. And I do think if you're going to focus on any trade in the league, I think it would be for one of these two guys, not both. Obviously, one would be Devontae Adams from the Green Bay Packers, who I believe will get franchise tagged by the team. And number two would be J.C. Jackson, the cornerback from the New England Patriots, who I also believe is going to get franchise tagged by the Patriots. And uh, I'll just give you this uh, little nugget right now, a little spoiler alert. We'll have Mike DeBate host the Locked On Patriots on tomorrow's show talking about J.C. Jackson and what's going on with him in New England. Uh, there's a few quotes that are floating around Twitter right now from the Patriots star who is an unrestricted free agent this offseason. He says that the Patriots haven't been in touch about a new contract yet. And then he also says, I guess they feel like they don't need me. I guess I can't be that important to them. I know I am, but they're not showing me. Hashtag forever New England, hashtag NFL. And uh, that's interesting stuff right there. Now, again, it's very early in the process. The franchise tag period has just opened up. Teams can start to tag players officially as of Tuesday. So we'll see what happens by tomorrow. Maybe New England's already put a tag on them and we'll see where that goes, but I will let you know 100% for sure. Mike Debate, host of Locked On Patriots, will be on the show tomorrow to talk about JC Jackson and I should have some audio breakdown of Derek Carr to the Washington football team and how excited they would be for that potential trade and giving up the number 11 overall pick and giving up the number 11 o- and giving up the number 11 overall pick. To the Raiders. That's all coming up on tomorrow's show. Coming up at segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line 707 654 4693. Before I get to any of that, though, do want to tell you about Built Bar. I've been talking about Built Bar for a very long time. I check out the website each and every day before I get my day started to see if they have any new flavors. And Tuesday morning, when I checked it, I saw that they have. Toffee Almond is back. Toffee Almond Built Bar, really great tasting Built Bar. It's got 160 calories, 19 grams of protein, very low in sugar. It was around a long time ago and went away for a while, but now it's back. And I promise you, by Tuesday evening, when I checked the website again, it said Toffee Almond is almost gone. So that's how quick that folks jumped on that one and started buying them. So if you're a Toffee Almond fan, you need to get on it quick, fast, in a hurry because it'll be gone before you know it. That's one of the many great flavors that they offer. They have Mint Marshmallow Built Bar Puffs. They have the Strawberry Just Built Bar. Coconut Marshmallow, Ruby Chocolate, White Chocolate Cookies. The cream is still available. Plenty to choose from. You figure out whichever one's your favorite, or maybe you want a mixed box that gives you 12 to 18 different bars. You can get all of those, or like I said, you can focus in on one great tasting Built Bar if you want. Built.com is the website. Promo code is LOCK15. You'll save 15% off your order when you go to check out. Again, Built.com is the website. Promo code LOCK15.
1: You're Locked On Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team Every
2: day. Here we
0: go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your time to shine. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. That's the number. Let's start things off with Fred from Long Beach. He's calling in to talk about a couple different subjects, including Derek Carr and the minority coaches in the NFL. Here he is, Fred from Long Beach.
1: Hey, what up, Q? It's Fred, man, calling from Long Beach from Compton. Hey, look, I want to touch on a couple of things. Uh, the first thing is I want people to get off, you know, get off their car. If you give the guy the protection and some weapons, he's a top five quarterback in the league, hands down. Um, we've known what we've had in the past and it hasn't been good. So this just, and what are we going to get once we get rid of him? Who, What, what, what are we going to get? You know, over half the league would love to have him. Anyway, that's one thing I wanted to touch on. Uh, The other thing I wanted to touch on was a little bit about, you know, the black coaches in the league and, you know, and how, you know, the diversity is not there. Well, if we give ourselves a chance, we can do better. I'll give you a perfect example. When we hired um, Reggie McKenzie, first thing he did when he came in was got rid of a black head coach and hired a white head coach that had no head coach experience. He didn't even give Hugh Jackson a chance. And Hugh had a, a winning record. And he just got rid of him. You know, we're, you know, if we can't help ourselves, how can we expect someone else to help us? You know? So, and then how did that turn out for him, hiring Dennis Allen? How did that work out for all of us that are Raider fans? Anyway, I just want to touch on those couple things. Uh, man, I love your podcast. Listen to it every day. Um, Keep doing what you're doing. All right, man. Peace
0: out. There it goes. This is a call from Fred in Long Beach. Thank you so much for that, my man. And when it comes to car, it's always going to be a hot topic, right? Some people love them. Some people are ready to move on from them. But the truth is there are plenty of teams in the league that want them real quick and fast, and in a hurry if he were to become available. As far as the black coaches and minority coaches, diversity needs to be leveled out, of course. No doubt about that. Ultimately, I've said it so many times, you cannot make someone hire you if they don't want to hire you. You know, you can't just say, hey, I want you to hire this guy because he's this minority. You can't do it. I mean, it's just not going to work. So until they change their way of thinking, Uh, You're not going to see a whole lot of change as far as diversity. Now, as far as Big Reg goes, I think the reason that he fired Hugh Jackson was more had to do with the Carson Palmer trade and the fact that when that season wrapped up, he let it be known that he was going to be way more heavily involved in personnel. And the way he said it, I remember when he said it, I didn't think that it was the way I didn't think it was the right way to say it. He came out really brash about it, like, hey, I'm going to be calling the shots around here, and I don't think that that went very well. That's just me, but I remember when that happened specifically, and then it wasn't really a big shock to me when Hugh got fired a couple days later after that. And, of course, Reggie was really his goal when he first uh, got there was to tear down the, the team and try to get everything back in order as far as salary cap goes. And so Dennis Allen, I thought... He really didn't get a fair shake as a head coach. I thought he was kind of the sacrificial lamb, so uh, I didn't really take too much from that. thought he was put in that position just to kind of guide the ship while we all knew that it was going to sink because of the way that Reggie had put that roster together actually didn't put it together really tore it up so uh, I don't know I guess there's a couple of different ways to look at it but I understand where you're coming from and hopefully at some point you can get some people in some different positions to start having open minds and start hiring based off skill and what they're, you know the knowledge instead of what a person looks like and it being the good old boys club where it's like everyone has some kind of relation to somebody else that's who's getting hired is people that have relationships with other people so thank you so much for that call i do appreciate you next up got a text from brent in boston says brent from boston on monday's pod you said there was only a few guys on the current raiders roster that were untradeable in your opinion Who are those guys? In my opinion, everyone is fair game. If a generational talent like Mac could be moved, then any of these current Raiders could be moved for the right compensation. Yes, the Mac trade didn't work out for us, but that was the previous regime making bad choices. Just win, baby. That's from Brenton Boston. And Brent, you have a great point. I mean, if you look up and down the roster as far as the Raiders go, I would say that really nobody except for, I would say Mad Max Crosby is not Touchable. I think he's untouchable right now. But again, like you said, everyone's touchable for the right price. I just don't think anyone's going to give up a crazy amount of assets for Max Crosby. But I think that if there's anyone that is a guy that you'd want to build around, it would be Max Crosby defensively. Offensively, they really don't have a guy right now that's untouchable. I mean, I would say Hunter Renfro is the closest, but he's a slot wide receiver and I don't think any slot wide receiver is going to ever be a guy that you say is untouchable. So you're right. I mean, there's really uh, nobody. And across the landscape of the league, I mean, look around. Odell Beckham Jr., I never thought he was going to get traded out of New York. I never thought Khalil Mack was going to get traded from the Raiders. I never thought that multiple guys that are big-time players were ever going to get traded. Uh, But it does. It happens. So you're right. There's really nobody that you can say is untouchable. Thank you for that text. I appreciate you. Next up, got a call from Jacob in Fresno. He's calling to talk about trade proposals and gives his reasons on why he says no to the Rodgers. Trades and what type of tweak he'd make for the Devontae Adams trade. Here he is, Jacob and Fresno.
3: AQ. Hey Jacob and Fresno here. There's some podcasts, uh, Great stuff. Uh, I wanted to comment about the draft proposals that uh, the host from uh, Lockdown Packers has given you. Uh, automatically, Aaron Rodgers one is out the window. You know, you can't give up two first round draft picks for a guy that would. <laughs> Only possibility would be to play one year. It's not even been confirmed exactly actually going to play this year. So just there's too much. Like if you're if you're traded for somebody, you have to absolutely know that you're going to get you know possibly three years out of him. And I just don't see that happening. Aaron Rodgers is probably a one and done type deal. That's too much draft capital. And Derek Carr, that, that's nuts. Um, I like the Devonte Adams trade. The only thing is I would tweak it for, instead of Murray and a first-rounder, I would trade Brian Edwards and the first-rounder, because then Green Bay gets a first-rounder that they could use whoever they want on, and they'll have an established starter. Now, granted, Brian Edwards has not been the absolute best, but he has been a starting wide receiver in this league, and there's just that potential to grow and Green Bay might be like, well, all right, we get a player for a player in a draft pick. So and that immediately connects us with Devontae Adams reconnecting with Derek Carr. You know, I don't see us, you know, really making any giant trades. If there were, gonna, if there's a trade that's going to happen, it's for Devontae. But again, all that I think is a wait and see game on what happens there in Rodgers. You know, if he's going to call it quits or not, if he's going to come back or if he's going to demand a trade to a different team, you know. And that also kind of hangs up Derek Carr's uh, contract negotiations. I honestly believe Derek's waiting and seeing what happens in that situation because if there's a chance that the Devante, uh, he's still going to get a big contract, but it'll be more team friendly and not so much, and not so much a burden on us to where, yeah, we can, well, <laughs> I'll take something that's closer to, you know, 30, 35 million, if it, as long as it gives me Devontae Adams. So that, that's, I think that's reasonable. And it's just going to be a weight game, and that's the only bad part of a greater nation is we're <laughs> impatient. But a great show as always, Q. You take it easy and uh, we'll see what happens in the next couple weeks. Jacob Fresno
0: out. There he goes. That's Jacob and Fresno. Great call my man. I appreciate you. And uh, yeah, I like those thoughts on the trades. Really good stuff. I think Rodgers plays a couple more seasons. I think ultimately they end up in Green Bay. And most likely Adams is going to be right there next to him. But uh, again, like I mentioned in segment number two, uh, Adams would be the guy that I think that the Raiders need to go full throttle after. Just go ahead and put all the chips in the middle of the table and do everything that they can. Exhaust every avenue to try to pick him up. And Rodgers, just go ahead and let him do what he do but i think that Devonte adams if they could find a way to get him i think that they absolutely should go get him go get a difference maker in my opinion thank you so much for that call appreciate you next up got a text from don juan in the 303 it says q it's don juan from the 303 i was having this convo with a friend and curious as to what you think do you feel like the raiders are in a better situation now than they were pre-gruden emails being released that's from don juan from the 303 and thank you for the text that's a tough Question and a tough response because I feel like the Raiders were trending in the right direction. I feel like that they had an opportunity to be a really good team. I expected at the beginning of the season they were going to be a playoff team. Of course they got off to that 3 and 0 start and then the emails came out and I think that they did not hit a lull because of the emails. Obviously the rug situation was a bigger situation, but I do think that in certain games there were situations that Gruden would have known how to handle uh you know that type of game or whatever. So uh I do like the front office that the Raiders have put together now with a lot of the New England ties and of course that's a little bit scary because a lot of folks that try to go in the New England way and the New England mold Uh, it's backfired on them and it hasn't worked out but I just feel different about this regime so I do think that there's going to be uh, a stronger front office I do think you're going to like to start to see some of the moves that they make that you'll like a little bit more so I guess you could say that they're in a better place but it's really kind of tough tough call because, again, they had a lot of continuity with Gruden and his contract and, of course, all the assistants as well. I think that that's probably the biggest question. Are all the new assistants that are coming in, are they going to be able to hold up their end of the bargain like Gus Bradley and company were doing? Of course, there was a few questions on the offensive line and Greg Olson and all that good stuff, but, you know, it's... I guess you could find the good and the bad on both sides. But, yeah, I'll say that the Raiders are probably in a little bit better position, and we'll have to see this year the results of, you know, free agency and the draft and obviously the season to really know the answer to that. But I guess gut feeling right now, I would have to say yes. And with that being said, that's about all I got time for on today's show. I got a call from Raider Izzy I'll get on tomorrow, a text from Raider Black. Matter of fact, a pretty lengthy text from Raider Black. Uh, also, Andrew the Raider in Livermore, he called in. We'll have all those and then some here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Of course, we'll have news and notes of the day. And then Mike DeBate, host of Locked On Patriots, he'll join us to talk all things J.C. Jackson, what he thinks that the Patriots are going to do with them, uh, what his messages that he's been saying through the media, what that actually means, and how they're Maybe freaking out about it in New England. We'll have all that for sure coming up on tomorrow's show. So until then, Raider Nation, take care of yourself. Uh, take care of your family. Love on your family. Do what you got to do. And most importantly, as always, just win, baby.